What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk. You're listening to Locker Room Hype. As always, I'm James Fairchild. This is Aaron Pena. What's going on, guys? We're having to do some social distancing this evening, but we're still going to be committed and bring you your weekly Locker Room Hype. What are we going to start out with today, Aaron? No, man, we got some pretty good news uh, in the headlines here in Amarillo. Uh, we're going to get some baseball coming back to Hodgetown. Definitely, so, man. I'm excited. You know, it's not it's not, uh, it's not, professional, you know, but it is, uh, it is, uh, it's, it's going to be some good baseball. Uh, it's going to be some colleges, collegiate athletes uh, from all over the different states uh, coming out and just putting on a show. I'm really excited to watch it. So am I, man. This is the so. Texas Collegiate League. So there's going to be two Amarillo teams. There's going to be the Amarillo Sod Dogs and the Amarillo Sod Squad. So they're going to play from June 30th all the way to August 2nd. I can't tell you how excited I am to finally have baseball back. Heck uh, yeah, man. I mean, that you know, something that's to go sit outside and hang out, you know. Probably better than, I mean, like I said, I mean, you can only watch so much stuff on the TV. Exactly. And, you know, the tickets are going to go on sale next Thursday, June 18th. And okay. f- from the, the calendar that I saw, every, every day is going to be a game starting at around 7.05 during the weekdays and on Saturdays. And then on Sundays... Games are going to be at 6.05. And Mondays, they're not going to have any games whatsoever. There's going to be two divisions, a North and a South. The North division will include Amarillo's two teams, Frisco, Tulsa, and Texarkana, while the South division will include Round Rock, San Antonio, Brazos Valley, Victoria, and Acadia. 30 regular season games. You ready? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 30... 30 games, that's good. Shoot, if I, we can make that half of them, man, that'd be good. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be a hot ticket probably too. What are they going to have on Thursdays? Uh, you know, I think it's bring your puppy. Bring your puppies to the stadium day. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are we really looking forward uh, to, bro? What are we uh, really looking know, forward to? I mean, you like Thirsty Thursdays. I, I prefer... I prefer Winnie Wednesdays, you know. You would. I would. I like. I love my hot dog, <laughs> but but I do enjoy a nice cold cold beer. Cold beer. Yeah, we're looking forward to Thursdays for sure. I mean, two dollar domestics. I think there's also two dollar um, sodas and things like that. And then, like you said, oh. Wednesday's going to have hot dog night, which are going to be a dollar. So it's going to be affordable for the family to come out. <laughs> and see these games and actually enjoy them, you know? Well, that and, you know, Friday nights, they're going to have the fireworks going off, you know, and that's Friday nights are always fun to, to sit around and watch those, watch the fireworks go, you know, especially since, you know, they, you know, 4th of July is coming around the corner and who knows? I mean, right now it's, uh, we're in a drought right now. So who knows if we'll get those, shoot off any kind of fireworks 
Exactly, man. The, the weather here has been so hot and dry. We need that yeah. damn rain soon. Exactly, man. So that's why I'm like, you know, we can get, I mean, we can go to this, you know, you'll get some fireworks. So right. you know, they put on a hell of a show too. So, but like I said, man, we'll get to watch some of these, some of these up and coming college players. Right. We'll get to see what they can do, man. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, it's kind of like you said, they're, they're trying to play for an opportunity, you know, to make it to the big time. So we'll see. Yeah, it, we'll see good baseball. A lot of these players, there's going to be over 250 plus players from 91 different colleges and universities. I mean, some of the more nationally recognized schools are sending their students to the TCL, this league, including like Alabama. Houston, Dallas Baptist, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, yeah. Texas A&M. So basically all of the Big 12 schools along with some SEC schools and some of those private schools down there in Dallas too. That's going to be pretty oh, yeah. competitive, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to. So, I mean, I can't wait. Hopefully that first game will be a nice, nice day and – and like I said, go out there and enjoy the hell out of it. So, right, it's going to be cool to watch for sure. So, but you know, man, we what sucks is, you know, while we're having baseball baseball season, we're also having the arena football league too. Right, that's always cool to to keep the update of our venom. But, but what did the venom do the other day? Exactly. They're they're not going to continue their season, so that's surprising. They're going to move on and focus on the 2020 season for next year. And I'm pretty bummed out. I wanted to take my boys to some Venom games this year. I uh, got to interview Julian Reese, the head coach, a few few weeks yeah. ago. And I know yeah, he was exactly. excited to get back on the field, but he was also kind of leery whether or not they would. But... That sucks for Amarillo, especially now that the Saw Poodles probably won't have their season and the Venom aren't going to be around this year. But, hey, next year, hopefully we're all full go and all of our seasons are actually going to transpire and actually happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, man, because, you know, I was one thing like, you know, there would be a football game and a baseball game going on. Kind of, we're able to kind of get both of the, both worlds, kind of hear both of them what's going on, so, it's kind of one of those. It's going to be weird not getting to hear, you know, at least you know one of them. So. Exactly, and then MLB news from Major League: they're expected to offer seventy to seventy-five games for the remainder of the season. How do you think that's going to work out, Aaron? I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, with, with baseball, man, I mean, it's really, they could do that. That's really easy. That's, I think that's a pretty exceptional schedule to do. I mean, I don't think that's asking too much. It's fair. Uh, yeah, it I, I agree with you. And like I said, man, they're going to change up a lot of the, they'll change up a lot of, you know, how many people can be on the roster and everything. So they'll have, a bigger uh, starting rotation and things like that. So, 
the salaries I, I heard about, they're gonna they're gonna cover up to seventy five percent of players' prorated salaries. Uh, that's good note. Good news for the players, at least. They're gonna get a heavy portion of that salary still coming to them. Yeah, but still, I mean, even seventy five percent, man. There's still, like I said, man. We got Americans out here that don't have jobs or anything. Uh, they don't need to be complaining about a damn thing. I know. You know. But if you were a player, would you actually get out on the field and play, or would you be kind of reluctant to even be a part of this 75-game season? I mean, it's baseball, man. I mean, it just, I mean, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. You know, you're out there. You know, go out there and get, you know, get, get going. I don't, I don't think it's going to be, you know, it won't be the same like a normal uh, regular season game. So I think just you know just go out there and play a little sand ball ball, you know. I think that 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 be that's the best thing about it. Right. I think some players will hold out because of the whole coronavirus thing. They don't want to you know risk getting their families tied up in and being exposed and infected and whatnot. But oh yeah, I I don't know how what I would do if I were in that situation. It's a tough call to make, definitely, because, I mean, you're not only around your, your teammates. Once you get out there, you're exchanging a ball with the other team that's been touched and been uh, manipulated by so many different people, and I don't know how they're going to control that because you can't really put hand sanitizer or sanitize the ball. I mean, you can't dip it in a liquid. It's, that that ball's going to get heavy, you know. I don't, I don't know how they're going to combat that. What do you think? No. Oh. Well, think how many times, how many balls they go through a game. That's I true. Mean, they, this pitcher gets a new ball just about every damn pitch. Yeah. So, I mean, they're just gonna have to bring you know more than usual than what they already have. Oh uh, well, yeah. So those, they're gonna. It's gonna be fine. As far as uh, the MLB is concerned, we're both of us. We're looking forward to a documentary that's coming out. And I don't know about you, but uh, I was a huge Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire fan, especially, you know, when they were chasing the 70 home runs back in the 98 season. It was a huge thing. You know, there's a lot of controversy that came out after, you know, years after, but it was such a mesmerizing time. I remember, I mean, I still have magazines from this season that my dad saved because he was a huge baseball fan and so was I. It was it was pretty neat to just watch the games and to to keep tabs on how many home runs they had and who was going to get there first. It was pretty neat, and they're going to make a documentary, uh, thirty for thirty, called "Long Gone Summer," which airs Sunday, June fourteenth at nine p.m. Eastern, so eight p.m. our Central Time. So it's going to look back at the twists and turns of the '98 season. It's highlights, the massive impact, the lasting, you know, complications, including like in-depth interviews from McGuire and Sosa talking at length for the first time in more than two decades. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, you know, at that time, uh, it still takes a special person to hit the hell, to hit the ball that many times. And they, they do that. They were made to do that, you know? But now these days, I mean, now, I don't think it, that it, it would be hard. It, 
these days it'd be a lot harder, I think. Definitely. Just because the, because the game has changed completely. And the pitchers, pitchers, I mean, need, I mean, scout reports, everything like that. I mean, it, it all has changed. It has. And, you know, back then they got away with the PEDs, you know, and that kind of cheapened their accomplishment. But the excitement was huge. The long ball, everybody loves a long ball. And it seemed like every night, you know, you'd be seeing long balls from these two guys. And it was just super exciting to for see them to, to go yard and trying to get that those 70 homers. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, it's, you know, it's crazy is that. I thought Barry Bonds would get would be also included too. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he was you know in this kind of in this race here and there too. He was. He was one of my heroes growing up. You know, I was a huge Rangers fan, so Yvonne Rodriguez was my favorite player of all time. I liked Rusty Greer, all those guys. But yeah, McGuire, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa. You know, this is this was right around the time where I was ten or eleven years old, so oh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. Like I said, it was cool to see them battling off night to night. You know, so I mean, it's uh, it was really cool. It was really really cool to see that kind of accomplishment. You know, even if the I don't mean, even if they were taking the the PEDs and everything. It's 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 still hard to do. Still hard. Right. You gotta hit the ball. You gotta hit the ball. Yeah, you, you gotta get, make, you've gotta have that the bat speed, you've gotta have the entire, you know, technique down to really get that ball elevated and out of the park. The PEDs do did help and they did uh, build for the excitement of the actual hit, but you you're right, you have to have that that uh that technique the foundation on how to actually strike hit a ball and they were great even without the peds but hey they felt like they it would help them i don't see anything wrong with just letting players just use it to be honest with you i'll definitely have to check out the 30 for 30 you know see how that goes see you know yeah it's gonna be on uh espn you can even watch it download it on the espn app um, and the trailer's pretty cool. Brings back a lot of memories when I was a kid. But no, I think what I'm excited about, man, is getting back some basketball that we didn't get to that we didn't get to do over these last couple of months. You know? Yeah, that's something that's yeah, big yeah. in the news right now. Basketball coming back yeah. to Orlando, the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, man, I mean, you understand how much basketball that we miss these last couple of months. And, you know, and like I said, man, I love baseball, I do, but basketball is something, it's just, it, it has a place in my heart now, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I look, I'm looking forward, very, very forward to sitting there watching a lot of basketball. Right. So, Did you hear they're gonna there'll be fourteen teams eliminated within fifty three days of arriving and only four teams will remain after sixty seven days. That's insane. Yeah, so yeah, that's if, cool, if man. your team makes you know, if if your team's one of the teams that makes it to the end, they're gonna be at the facility 
for a maximum of 82 days. Can you imagine being away from your family for that long and being, you know, cooped up and having to follow all these weird restrictions and guidelines for this coronavirus? Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they're still, they're still away from their family a lot, you know, even throughout the whole season. Right. But they're away from their family. And especially, so this, I mean, they've been with their family, though, the past three months. And then just to say, sayonara, we'll see you later. We're going to have to go. And even those teams that are, you know, not real, they're not going to do much in the playoffs. Let's be honest. Some of those teams, they're still going to be there for a minimum of like 30 or 40 days. It's going to be, it's going to be cool that we have basketball back though. I mean, I want to, I want to see it all play out for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, maybe, you know, we didn't get to watch any, we didn't get to watch any, you know, the March Madness or anything like that. So, we're gonna need this. This will this will cover our uh, our basketball needs. It definitely so, will. Who do you think's gonna take it all? You know, man. I think I'll say the Lakers probably. Lakers. Yeah, so, it, it kind of seems like their season's destined to. Even in a in a moment like this, with the Kobe tragedy, I just think they're gonna take it all, man. Yeah. They they've had a lot of time to rest and recover, but that could be a downside too. A lot of players could be out of shape and not ready to get back on the court and and put together the best you know performance. But I still don't think the the Lakers are going to fall. I think they're just destined this season to win it all. Yep, exactly, man. So that's why I'm kind of like, well, let's go ahead. You know, it's all good. Give it, you know. For Kobe, yeah, that's true, man. I'm all for it. I want to see his legacy honored the right way. And LeBron, you know, I am a fan of LeBron, but um, he needs to win some more championships. And he's not getting any younger. He needs to get in there, and he needs yeah. to will his team to to get to the top and put another one under his belt. Now, July seventh, yeah. days ago, the teams began arriving in Florida. And then July 9th to the 29th, training camp in Florida with three scrimmages per week will occur. And then the 30th of July, seeding games will begin, eight per team. And then actually August 17th, the playoffs will begin. They're not going to let family and guests arrive of the teams until August 30th. And then the actual finals target date is going to be September 30th. Can This is just going to be crazy because they're going to end a season and then have to turn right back around and start another. How do you think that's going to affect the next season because of this late resurgence? Well, well they said they're going to start later, you know, probably late, more late November, mm-hmm. December, you know, but I'll get them right back into, you know, they'll be, they'll be ready to go for the next season. So, I like it. I like it. Try to get things back to normal. I like it too, man. It's going to be uh, entertaining to watch and keep up with, that's for sure, because some of these lower-seeded teams, they could surprise some people, you know? You, you just never know what, what's going to transpire on the court once they actually get out there and get get going and get in a groove. Like I said, I look, for, I look forward to it. And hopefully uh, NBA, you know, like I say, when they get out there, though, 
they'll get out there and freaking uh, put on put on a show, you know, like they usually do. Yeah, uh, the Bucks. I think the Bucks will probably meet the Lakers in the finals. The Bucks. Yeah, they're pretty yeah, hot. Well, they were, you know, before to. the pandemic, anyway. Yeah, man. I think I think it's a good choice. I like that choice. Yeah, them coming out of the East, and then the Lakers coming out of the West. Do you, do you think that there's any teams that could be uh, a dark horse to get in there? Yeah. Uh, I always, always say my Mavs. You know, I'm a Mavericks fan, so you never know. Mavs might squeeze yeah. one in. I like them. Uh, um, the Clippers could overtake the Lakers. Who knows? Or, yeah. the, or the Raptors or Celtics could get in there. And take that that Eastern Conference spot in the finals. I bet you know some things will start changing up here soon. But you know, let's talk about man. What's been going on in the college football world? You know, I know that uh, universities are opening back up for the players to come back and work out. But there have been some reported cases of of the COVID coming back and. Then spreading around again, man. Yeah, you we. Think, you, you, you think they're opening up way too fast again? I think so, man. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we we came to the determination. They're probably going to be two, uh, one of two things going to happen here. These these players and staff members are going to get back on campus, and everything's going to be fine. They're going to follow the the necessary protocol, and the virus isn't going to be spread and everything's going to be hunky-dory or the other side players are going to start uh, getting exposed to one another they're not going to follow the proper protocol and guidelines to stay safe and this thing is just going to turn into a big mess players are going to come down with the virus and that's kind of what we're seeing right now Um, I know I heard a University of Alabama they had their players tested um, on one day and then without even getting the results back, the next day they had a practice with 50 players on the band field. And five players after that practice ended up coming down with the virus, which is totally stupid. I don't know why they didn't, you know, wait until they got the results back to have that practice. But uh, what what other schools have you heard of where players Uh, are coming down with it? I know that UT... Couple of players at UT at it. Uh, University of Houston has some players. Right. So I mean, it's just you know starting to you know starting to come back, man. So it's like golly, you know, you can take so many precautions as many as you want, man. But it's 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 a weird man. It's a weird thing how it works. It's weird how it works. So it is weird. Uh, and, you know, these players could have it and not even know they're asymptomatic yep. and they're they're spreading it amongst one another and they're totally oblivious to it, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly, man. I don't know what I would do. Is it, This would be a nightmare season for a head coach at the collegiate level. I mean, you know how bad it is being a coach even at the sub-varsity level. Yeah. It's just it's going to be a hectic, mass chaotic environment with so many different athletes around one another at one time, I don't see how you logistically can keep them away from one another without them spreading the virus or getting each other sick. 
what what do you what do you think these coaches should do at this level? Like I said, I know that uh, at some point you got to take a step forward. You got to do what you got to do. Right. Right. I mean, you can't just wait, sit back and wait. But, you know, when something pops up like this, I mean, you got to at least take every precaution. You know, and once uh, something does pop up, you got to, then you got to shut it down quick. Because then, yeah, I mean, you just, yeah, I mean, that just, uh, that can turn into a big mess. Because a lot of these coaches, not only do they have to worry about their players, they have to worry about their staff as well. You know how big those college staffs are, especially oh, yeah. at the Division One level. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you could keep everybody safe. And I, I started to think about the season. Like during the season, these players, you're going to have teams in situations where they're going to have players out, not due to injury, but due to illness. And you could have some of these these games where you have teams that have a depleted roster because of the coronavirus. Think about how crazy that's going to be when you go, you know, see the, the scouting report and you see, you know, four or five players starters that aren't on the scouting report because they have been tested positive for coronavirus. I mean, that's going to affect some outcomes of games. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, like you said, if it's if it's controlled by the CDC, it's already mandatory two weeks, right? Right. I mean, I mean that's something that's going to be uh, that's going to be. I mean, as a coach, you hear two weeks, you're like, uh, hell no, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Especially what right. if what if you have your starting yeah. quarterback or your starting running back out? Yeah, no joke, right? I mean, it, it just man, it just it, it throws it throws off your almost your whole game plan. It really does real quick. So, I mean, I don't know, man. That's just, now you're playing, now you're having to play the, the puzzle. But, you know, you know, we're kind of, I mean, we're not out here to, to put a puzzle together. I mean, we're here to, to coach. So It's going to be a yeah. huge chore for you, for all these coaches to coach this year. And, you know, it mm-hmm. makes me feel bad because, Whoever gets to the end of this and actually gets the championship, national championship, and wins it, do you think that they're going to be viewed as a champion with an asterisk? No. You don't think so? No, you can't say, oh, this is the greatest team that's ever played. No, it's not gonna, you're not. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And I don't know about you. I, I don't know if I want to be – I don't want to be that kind of team. When, I, don't, I don't even know if I want to be that team when, when, at the top. You know, it just really looks like it wasn't worth it, I guess. There was no worthiness behind it. I I mean, that's just my opinion. It's just, it's like, yeah, I mean, we we overcame it, but are we the best team in the world? No, I don't (laughs) think so. Yeah, it's going to be a funky year, man. And a lot of these games are going to be, uh, favored, you're going to have a team going into a game favored. Like you're going to have Tech favored over, you know, Kansas. But if Tech has a huge issue with the coronavirus the week before, you could have an instance where you have Kansas upset Tech and it'd be a huge win for their program. But in reality, it wasn't that huge of a win because you had a team that was so down because of 
not injury, but yep. because of illness, you know? Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, it's a lot of things. A lot of things can play in effect, big time. You know. But so. I did see that um, the NCAA committee passed a six-week practice plan Thursday in order to kick off the season on time. Their plan is schools are allowed eight hours per week of strength and conditioning, six hours per week of team meetings, and six hours per week of walkthroughs which gets about 20 hours per week. The committee clarified that schools can have flexibility also in determining how to split up that time, provided they do not exceed the four hours per day. Yeah. How do you think that's going to go? I, I don't know. I could see this going awry or. Yeah. At least there's some yeah. type of plan in place though, to have the season start on time. And it's, I mean, they, it's good that they have it in, in place. You know, it's there. But this month, in the, uh, especially July, July is going to be the big month to see where, every, where, where sports is going to go in general, man. You know, well, football, you know, especially football. July is going to be a huge month. Because, you know, July, that's where you're back at campus. You're doing all your workouts. You're... Doing your films, I mean, you're you're breaking down everything. So, I think you know it's good to have a plan. You know, have it ready. But man, like I said, man, it's just it's just too much. It's just too many question marks in the air still. I mean, the the teams that have a game on August 29th will begin required workouts July 6th. So hopefully that's enough time for these teams to get ready. Yeah. Considering they did not have a spring. And oh yeah, man. this is all going to be a, a shit show for a while, trying to get these guys in shape and trying to get a philosophy implemented and get your offense and defense running the way you want it to. I mean, it's going to be pretty rusty those first couple games. And I know some of these teams, they have a quality opponent right off the bat. Or week two, they have a quality opponent like Oklahoma. They play Tennessee. Um, does Tech play Ole Miss again this year? Who do they play in non-conference? Do you know? Uh, I think they got uh, Arizona State. Okay. And yeah. they're a wild card. You never know what mm-hmm. Arizona State's going to look like, you know. They may be decent. They may not be. Uh, go, go Tech. Rock them. Woo! Yeah, tech will probably so, get them. Awesome. We need we need a big we need some big wins. Yeah, I think you guys will get to above five hundred this year. Make a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's going to happen this year. Some awesome, some teams are going to take steps back. But did you uh, have you checked out any of the golf? The golf, I have not. What's going on in the golf world? Yeah, yeah man. Well, this week they are playing in Fort Worth. They are playing at the Colonial Country Club. It's right there next to TCU. Um, if you didn't get to hear that, our good old Amarillo. Amarillo? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Palmer got to hit the first tee shot. First tee shot to, for the PGA this, for this year. 
Yeah. He's I thought that was pretty cool. He's an Amarillo legend, isn't he? He is, man. He is. Uh, How do you think but, he'll do? Uh, right now, my goodness, this girl got some nice titties. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, a news reporter? You dog, uh, you. No, this wolf, wolf, baby. Oh, uh, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street, you still watching that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he didn't make the first cut. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully he'll, I don't know. It'll still be exciting oh, was, to watch. And Phil, Phil got cut. Really? Ricky Fowler got cut. Dustin Johnson got cut. Chad Campbell. Ali. Yeah, that's all good. I bet. First first uh tournament. It'll, it'll get better. Yeah. Like I said, they're all they're all gonna be a little rusty. So They will be. They're so, not what when did golf courses open? That golf courses here open uh what a few weeks ago, so Yeah, been over for a little bit over a month. Okay. So, They've had a little bit of time then to to get back out there and yeah. Get their game back. We're going to move on to our Panhandle Legends segment of our episode. Last week, we didn't bring you a segment. The week before, we did our first segment over Kenny King. Uh, this week, who are we going to go over this week? We're going with our legendary... Terry Funk. Terry Funk. Now, this is a guy who is in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And if you're from Amarillo, you know who Terry Funk is. He was also a WT football player in the 60s. And he had a brother and a father who were also wrestlers. He he does live here in Amarillo, or he lives in Canyon. Uh, I think you can see his house right off the highway, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, a real nice little country home. I mean, you know, I think around here, you know, he likes it because nobody bothers him, man. I think that's why he likes it around here. So, but, you know, man, Terry Funk, man, like I said, legendary, legendary wrestler, man. Man, like I said, a big, big part of the panhandle. Big, big part of the panhandle, too. And one of his notable wins of his career, he has numerous titles, by the way, but one of the biggest ones, the most prestigious, was whenever he won the National Wrestling Alliance Championship in 1975 when he defeated Jack Briscoe in Miami. He's got some legendary moments. Oh, yeah, man. Like I said, you know, and he took, I mean, he put on some badass freaking matches too you know it's not like you know he just went out there got thrown around I mean he jumped off the top rail he was a hardcore wrestler for sure yeah and going through tables yep I mean I mean breaking two by fours I mean he he went through some some painful painful stuff and you know he was he was known worldwide people don't really know that about uh, Terry his oh, yeah. roots in wrestling began in Japan 
following his father. And then his brother as well became pro wrestling champion. So they, they wrestled internationally and they had a huge fan following and those fans blossomed and grew once they came to the States and, and they wrestled here. They're legends here in Amarillo. I know down at the uh, fairgrounds, there used to be a wrestling center in an arena. They tore it down, which is unfortunate. I was pretty mad yeah. when they did that, but it's a piece of Amarillo history. They used to wrestle oh, yeah. there quite a bit. Yeah, but, yeah it's, like I said, I, if every time I think, you know, think about wrestling, I think of Terry Funk. You know, he, he, he was a big... One of my favorite wrestlers to watch when I was, you know, as a kid and everything like that. So it was just, it was great. It was great to see a, a legend from here, you know, make a big time. Exactly. You know, even though I know it's not the realest thing, but he put some pain. But, but you got to agree, bro. Back then, wrestling uh, was as close to real as it's ever been. It was, exactly. I mean, they wrestled hurt. I mean, they were just heroes that that never back down to anybody and it's interesting uh terry even appeared in a lot of hollywood movies he appeared in 15 movies and the the latest was a part in friday night lights he also oh, made a I... documentary called beyond the mats and he has a biography more than just hardcore so he's wow. he's done a lot in his life he uh he also people don't know this he wrestled against his brother one time in Japan. He said it was the oh. toughest match in his life. He was I trying know, harder than hell to beat an older brother. So that, that's pretty cool that he, he did wrestle his brother once. That would be hard. Oh, heck yeah, man. You don't want to lose. Especially, you know, yeah. Especially your brother. You, you, you got a lot of pride there, huh? Yeah, you have that shit forever. Because <laughs> so. you got brothers. Yeah, exactly. And you told yeah, me stories of putting holes in the wall and everything else. That's right, baby. That's right. Not going down. <laughs> so Terry Funk, man, he was inducted in 1999. He's an all-time great in the panhandle. He'll never go forgotten because so many people know this guy. He's such an iconic legend, especially in the wrestling world. We just wanted oh, yeah. to give him a shout-out on this episode and include him in our panhandle great segment. So stay tuned for next week. We'll bring you someone new. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. You guys have any input? Where do they need to get in contact with this? Uh, give us a shout out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, we got all of our social media, you know, accounts. If not, give the email, James bombcity.lockerroomtalk at gmail.com and next week we'll try to bring you a, a better quality podcast where Aaron's here with me um, we just wanted to take extra precautions tonight, keep everybody safe and yeah. there may be times we have to do this but bear with us we'll get back on track we'll see you guys next time thank you guys for listening to right. Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast and tuning in to Locker Room Hype. Peace. Whoop, whoop.